As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This week on Cosmic Cantina, with the recent media bombshell about the government looking into unwanted alien pregnancies, we decided it's time to jump back into a couple of our favorite topics, alien sexual intercourse and hybrids. Grab yourself an adult beverage and join us for the Cosmic Cantina. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and every week I go to my favorite bar, Cosmic Cantina, and kick back with my co-hosts, Josh Golombeski and Matt O'Connor. We talk about aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, ancient cultures, and anything from the unseen world that needs a little illumination. Welcome to Cosmic Cantina. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle. And tonight, I'm drinking a Shiraz. Yes, a Shiraz. Ooh, sounds fancy. My teeth are gray. There's been a lot of red wine. That's okay. It's 2022. The world is falling apart. The only thing that makes me feel good is booze sometimes. That's sad to say, but it's true. I'm just drinking red wine tonight. I don't even know the name of it. I just know it tastes good and it's going down smooth. Lovely. I'm back on the uh, Modelo train. Um, still living, still Somebody living the Mexico dream. Six pack from last t- yeah, last no, that's week. that's still sitting there. That's still sitting there. I've been trying to ease off a little bit. It's only one an hour. Yep, just the one an hour. Uh, mm, I didn't, I didn't okay. want to be a complete maniac. So totally. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, speaking of maniac, if you've been in this UFO space for a while, you've heard of uh, lots of women claiming that they have been impregnated by aliens. Um, they've had uh, miscarriages where there's no fetus. And uh, this has been going on since, I don't know, the 50s. I think even with uh, Betty and Barney Hill. She, yep. I think she, she declared that she actually got impregnated from her experience, from her abduction experience. Uh, but it is not until this week that the, uh, the government has come out and literally posted it in their documents. So if you haven't seen this article, I'm going to repose the whole article for you. Um, but this is huge news because I've been interviewing these people for years. And as much as I, I think that it's, it's either, either millions of women are just making up the story or there is some truth to it, um, I, I find it so crazy that the government has actually posted that this is possible. So the article says, Declassified Pentagon documents discuss UFOs causing unaccounted for pregnancies. The reports reveal details from an array of alleged UFO encounters with varying degrees of plausibility. Uh, for five years, the US, uh, U.S. Department of Defense ran a program monitoring reports of human encounters with UFOs. 
now the release of more than 1,500 pages of documents reveals the agency's compiled bizarre stories of unaccounted pregnancies, radiation burns, and even brain damage during a secretive stretch from 2007 to 2012. Now, um, now sounds some like of this, love and light to me, guys. Love and light. We're just gonna like <laughs> roast Josh tonight, or government <laughs> propaganda, however you want to take it. Oh, all right. Hot take. The, the Hot fight take. is on. The fight is on. Um, so I just think what's really interesting about this this article is that um, you know they don't go into all the 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 like what happens in an unaccounted, an unaccounted pregnancy. They just mention it as something that is real with the uh, apparent abductions, they, they say in here, with the radiation burns, which we've heard a lot. People that have UFO encounters have, have either uh, come back with some kind of cancer or radiation burns, but, but stuff that can't be explained by people just making up stories. So, but this is the first time I've ever seen it published. Now for me, um, I've interviewed a lot of these these people that have said to like mothered hybrid children, um, uh, and in fact, this new show that I'm doing, UFO Witness, we've actually gone in depth investigation on a lot of these women's stories and trying to find like actual evidence, like physical evidence that they went to the doctor, they had a miscarriage, and there was no fetus. You know, at four months, you should have something, mm. right? So, um, and isn't there is really usually something odd with the uterus as well? Like there's some sort of scarring or something in there. Some that, kind of scarring, like cleaning out, like like strange, yeah. like the, it, everything doesn't it doesn't make sense. And and so the doctor, like usually the medical field doesn't want to deal with it, so they're like, that's weird, you know, get out of my office. There's nothing I can do. So um, it's not until like literally, I I just finished that show, and still that was pushing the boundaries of like people talking about things you can't prove. But now the government is literally saying, look, we have all these files too. This is happening. This is huge, guys. So, yeah. Anyway, I know that I know that we've got we've got a ring fight tonight. We've got Josh, who's <laughs> going to bring the love and light because somehow well, like love and light immaculate conception <laughs> is like wonderful. <laughs> unless you're Mother Mary and Jesus Christ, <laughs> or uh, and Matt is going to bring the darkness. Hopefully not too dark because then we might have to cut him. <laughs> <laughs> well. Before you go further, I just want to say... I'll keep it PG-13. I'm going to throw a little cold water on this document dump. Most of it comes from, not ATIP, the the program before it called OSWAP, or I forget the name of the damn acronym. There's too many fucking acronyms to remember in that damn industry change. And most of these reports are from MUFON. They're not from the government. So it's MUFON report. They hired MUFON, basically, or worked with MUFON, and MUFON ended up giving all these articles to They bought MUFON's files. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Doesn't make it less legitimate. I just think that's important. It's not like the government said this happened to our own employees. They were in a process mm-hmm. of collecting stories and, for, and determined that the MUFON documents were worthy at looking at. I think they're worthy of looking at. I just want to clarify that it's not the U.S. government saying there's unwanted pregnancies happening. They were just collecting these stories as part of a program, which is fascinating and profound, but it's not as far as to say, like, this is happening and we're 100% behind it and you should watch right. out for your uterus. You know, that, that's like a different jump yeah. that this, this document <laughs> dump is not doing. Same time, it is significant, Melissa. I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a little cold water on it. You know, not not a ton. It is still is highly compelling. Wait, but I'm isn't a bitter that isn't that what men have been saying since the beginning of time? Watch out for your uterus. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I am very protective of my uterus. Uh, I've always said that. My in my ovaries as well. So at least my wives. Yeah, pretty I'm learning something about, yeah. about Matt that I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, 
All right, so Josh, what do you got? What do you got for um, you? Bring us into the love and light. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's 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 love and some light, I guess. It's just it's more neutral positive than than negative or positive. I explored a case that is perfect cosmic cantina material. I can't believe it's been several years we haven't covered it. There's two sides to this pregnancy phenomenon. One is women claiming they were pregnant and not pregnant. There's also dudes who are claiming that they're getting mad alien hybrids pregnant all the time. So there's like these studs out there that the aliens pick and then these guys go to town and create a million hybrids. They're not having sex with earth women. They're having sex with like hybrid, giant, jacked Amazonian women, like these half gray creatures. And this story is from David Huggins, who I don't know how I didn't come across (laughs) this guy's documentary. It's called Love and Saucers. It's literally something that we would produce. Yeah, David oh Huggins case. All right. It's so you good. You got kidding me. Nice. It's fun, but it's also it's perfect cantina because it's fun and silly but also has deep meanings to it. So it, it's a, it's a good ride. So let me take you on this journey of discovery. <laughs> so if you think Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain is like, you know, the ultimate like I don't know, he's he's banged the most chicks at any human being in the last 100 he's years a pants or whatever. Man, yeah. Yeah, yep. so this guy puts Wilt Chamberlain to shame except it's all aliens. Mostly he's one the William but Shatner. Into, of He's the abduction world. <laughs> he is. <laughs> this guy fucks. His name is... Literally. Dave, Bill Huggins. Right. David Huggins. <laughs> Fuck, David Huggins. Dear I'm going to cut that out. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> David Huggins. This dude fucks. So David Huggins is an artist, which is interesting, after he, he remembered these... He's, he's it, quite the artist, I hear. All of it is like alien porn, but it's awesome. Not all of it, but right. most of it. He's the most genuine, authentic guy. Like you, when you listen to him, he's not trying to. Because he draws alien porn. He's so relaxed, and he's in his seventies right of now. Course. He's from Hoboken. <laughs> he's in Hoboken. How do you say it? Hoboken, New yeah, Jersey? How do you say that? Hoboken. 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 I just offended like a million people. So he's from there. He has a son. <laughs> He's divorced now because of the aliens. I mean, literally, he's like, hey, honey, I've been banging at this six foot five Amazonian gray alien. <laughs> and she's like, I'm out. <laughs> uh, there's more going on, apparently. Yeah, I, I can't understand why, but OK. <laughs> he said it wasn't the only reason. I was like, yeah, but that was 95 percent, buddy. I mean, isn't <laughs> she just supposed to forgive him? Right. Just be a good yeah. wife, damn it. And cook dinner in your apron and be barefoot yeah. and pregnant, you know, like the 50s, the good old days. Anyways, I don't mean anything. You know, what I just said, I completely disagree with, but I just want to be funny. Your wife's so- going to be so angry. <laughs> anyway, keep going. 
<laughs> so he has a son that lives in Thailand right now, who's a grown adult, has a wife in Thailand, which is always weird to me, but whatever. And, That's uh, really weird. Okay. And then David grew up in rural <laughs> Georgia. He had bad parents, I wrote down, because basically, like, anytime he brought up his experiences, like everyone else, it started as a kid, and as he got older, it went on and on and on. And his parents used to beat him, basically. And they kind of hints at, like, I'll get into a little Aww. bit later, like, is it all trauma and weird sexual ego stuff that's going on in this whole story? I don't know. But his parents used to beat him. They're, they seem not, not the best parents. So here's a summary. This dude is claiming he's fathered hundreds of ETI hybrids. He primarily had a relationship with one hybrid named Crescent. He called her Crescent. He never explains why he calls her Crescent, at least in what I've come I across. Just a sliver why? of the moon. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. It's like the angel hair episode. I didn't even know what I was saying yeah. until it was like funny. So, in your yeah, this, yeah. Right. That's totally what it is. Maybe that's why I call it. Wow, that's so weird and interesting. So I'm pulling this information from a documentary called Love and Saucers, which is actually really good. I'd recommend watching it. I'll post the link. It's free on YouTube. And also several articles and, and two podcasts I listened to over the weekend. So you're welcome. I, do, I deep dive. Wow. You did some so research. When did this guy remember it? Now, this is going to sound like he's making it up, but he's not. He might not be. Is this all happened to him, or he started to remember these experiences after he re he read Bud Hopkins' book Intruders in the '80s? And literally, hmm. a lot of people say this when they started reading this book, it started hitting them like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is what's been happening to me. This is what's been happening to me. And soon after he read that book is when he got divorced. So let's take your hmm. let's take it back. What did he start remembering? He has hundreds of encounters, but his first encounter is awesome. It's scary as fuck, but it's awesome because it involves what I call a mini. Bigfoot. So he's eight years old in the forest, and he lives in rural Georgia, and he's near a barn. He hears a voice, David, behind you. And he looks around in the woods, and there's this short, like shorter than him, and he's a kid at this time, yellow glowing eyes, completely hairy, like a mini Bigfoot. And it's running straight at him, which first of all, I'm like, aliens, if you're not trying to freak people out, don't run at me. Like, don't sprint at someone. Obviously, I'm going to be freaked the fuck out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And don't like, show up in my bedroom as a gray alien and just don't say anything. That's just like, all of it's freaky. Yeah, yeah they learn nothing. They've learned nothing. Yeah. I, that's, that's part of that bothers me, actually. Like, get it together. So this fucking Bigfoot chases him. And for a split second, he can actually see through its eyes, which is really weird. And he's like, all of a sudden was looking at himself and he panicked and he ran off to the barn. And then the hairy guy ran back to the woods. He was like, okay, that was just like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get over that. It's really weird. The hairy person, the mini hairy guy is something seen on Native American reservations or by the Native Americans. It's something interesting that my brother like talks about on finding Bigfoot when he would go to these um, reservations, the mini people. So I don't know if there's a connection there, but I thought it was interesting. Hmm. So his encounter two, he's back in the barn. He hears this like weird metallic noise and he's like kind of confused. This is where it gets scary. He comes into his barn and he sees against the wall this big like six foot to him big, like six, seven, eight feet tall insectoid, like a praya mantis standing in his garage with some sort of like outfit on. He oh, screams at okay. it and, and the, and the praya mantis just looks at him and suddenly for no reason sprays a bluish gray liquid at him. <laughs> Take that, angel hair. Now, all of this is super charged with sexuality. He, obviously yeah. the kid's freaked out he he runs out of the room whatever that material was it evaporates quickly it wasn't described as viscous or milky or white it was blue and it evaporates quickly uh, he didn't know what to think he was like what the hell was that moving on <laughs> I'm jumping to counter six the, the encounters kept happening but I'm just going to take you to the more interesting ones 
So in Counter 6, he's in Georgia, he's walking to his friend's house and he feels like he's being watched. This is where he gets bizarre UFO stuff where you jump in time, you don't know what's happening. He hears mm -hmm. a bell and then in, a, in the bushes in the distance, he sees like a little gray head pop up and look at him. And he's like, what the hell is that? Ew. And he, all of a sudden there's really all this brightness around him and he faints. He, he kind of wakes up and there's three little grays standing around him and, for some, and, then he, and then he hears three beeps again and he faints again. He also is standing up in, in, the in the woods in the middle of weeds. You're standing straight up, no idea how he gets there. He looks around. This is what is so weird about this. Like, what are they doing to him? Eight or nine graves drop down from the sky or wherever, which is just weird. And they run towards him. He's like, what the fuck is going on? So he runs away from him. He gets to his house, he gets to his barn, and he can see them under his house, like his legs, like the house is up on stilts, and he can see him. He's like, what's going on? He, um, they, go, they run away though. And he's like, okay, later that night, they come into his room in a typical abduction experience and float him up to a craft. It's this round oval craft that he describes as always oval, always a always like a, an oval, and it's always a beautiful silence when the craft comes around, which we've heard a billion times. Like everything goes dead mm, silent. Yeah, of course. And he likes it. He's actually kind of peaceful. So now he's on the ship. This is where it gets a little creepy. He's on the ship, and this woman, not not crescent yet, but same thing, like this jacked, taller woman with like kind of a a gray face, like humanoid, but more gray than human, thrust this like random rod up his nose, like injecting him with something like a, like he said, it was like, like, you know, when you track a whale or a dog or a deer and he yells out, you hurt me. And she goes, hold on, let me see. And she looks in and immediately the pain goes away. So whatever she was doing, she didn't mean to hurt him. And she immediately took it away. Love and light, you know, it hurts a little bit. It's not easy, but something good came out of it. So what okay. are the aliens this guy's witnessing what, in his experiences before I get into how he lost his virginity? So there's the greys, mm -hmm. which are typical. There is a humanoid that he interacted with a lot that seemed to be the leader of the greys. And it was like a more human, tall, sinewy, and had like a knob or a hair bun like on, on its back, like a weird, like almost like a penis, like on his back of his head. And he had red <laughs> eyes. I never heard this being described before, honestly. This is new to me. Usually it's a tall whites or some other type of humanoid figure. Hmm. But there's so always a guy in a hair bun. Okay, this sounds like a yoga class. But All no right. hair. Like it's like this weird like thing on the back of his head. He draws it like a bunch of times, but it looks more fleshy than hair. Oh. I don't know why he scrubs the hair, oh. but yeah, this guy fucks in a weird way. So the mantis beings he describes all the time, and they're always the same thing. They always seem to be watching the sex encounters. Not all the time, but a lot of the times they seem to be watching. They're very voyeuristic, these mantis Love beings. Love to watch. Yep. And the mantis always treat him like a child, even when he's an adult. So not only did they treat him, like when he was a kid, they treat him like a child, but when he was older, they always talked to him that way, which he thought was a little odd. So this is, the documentary opens up with him saying, this is him saying this. This is what he says. He goes, well... When I was 17 years old, I lost my virginity to an extraterrestrial. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> That's the opening line. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's, That's all I can say. End of the, story. No more documentary. <laughs> I was like, that's the best opening line of all time. The first <laughs> comment on the YouTube documentary uh, right below it is, this guy owes child support on some other planet. <laughs> that's the first line. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I love it. Um, really funny. So at 17 years old, he's walking in the woods and he comes to a woman sitting by a tree. It's Crescent. Well, he didn't know her name was Crescent at that point. As soon as he sees her, she gets up, starts walking towards him. Again, she's 6'5", kind of jacked, like jacked and tall and hot, but weird face. He gets super aroused and he doesn't know really why. He couldn't get his pants down fast enough. Obviously, they're mentally <laughs> controlling him. We've all so, been there. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my teenage years. Like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't happened to me. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> so she comes up to him, straddles him. He has a, one of his first paintings is about this incident. And Crescent gets on top of him, and she's always on top. He's never on top of her. It's never doggy style. It's never any other position other than her riding him. And she's super jacked. And that's just the way it goes. It's like she's in control. So they started a relationship that lasted a lifetime. It came and went intensity. So he would get picked up a lot and they, it would go on for like months. And at one point he, he, he couldn't believe it was happening or not. And he kept hearing every night or every morning, like, we'll be back tonight. And he didn't know if it was real. So finally he realized it was real. It was like day. internally going, yay, I'm getting laid. He definitely <laughs> mentioned he was having trouble getting dates at this time. And he kind of made it seem like because of the aliens in some way, they were stopping these women from being into him. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay. know, a lot of warning signs here. Yeah. Again, he's so authentic that, like, I say that because I want to point it out because it's important to throw a little cold water on this. But at the same time, don't just dismiss it. So one night he bought her flowers. And he's just like, okay, if she's my girlfriend, I'm banging this alien. I should buy her flowers. So he buys her flowers, and the next morning they were gone. And that's when he kind of was like, this is really happening. He was interviewed about this, like, this woman on multiple different... Um, Articles. The best thing I saw was is this guy and art blog asked him like, "What do you remember what the vagina felt like?" And he wrote, "I can't say there was all that much warmth. You got to remember your senses are subdued when you're with them. The intense orgasm you would normally feel is toned down." <laughs> oh, now, that's a bummer. He contradicts himself because in his first sexual encounter, he does say how the orgasm was so powerful that it almost it was painful. So I don't know if the first one was painful and after that it got it just kind of got weird for him. But, I mean, he didn't seem like he didn't mind it. He kind of liked Crescent. Like, they had a relationship. And it, at one point, Crescent even uh, told him, like, he, he told Crescent about his parents when he was younger. And she told him she had a lot of empathy for him. There was, like, a real, like, emotional relationship there, which is really interesting. So moving forward, this is where it gets really crazy. I have two more parts of the story. At one point, he's brought up to the ship. Or in his dream state and some in between, he realizes that Crescent is really worried about a baby. And he goes, baby is dying. And he's like, who baby? She's like, yours. He's like, what? He goes, I need to see this baby. She goes, I can't, I can't. And eventually he convinces her. A portal opens up. He gets on the ship. He's on this ship. It's all happening fast. Like, I'm just skipping over stuff. And this baby is like listless, basically. And she's holding it all weird. Like, she doesn't know how to hold the baby. She's just like kind of gripping it all like, uh, like the wrong way. not cradling it. He teaches her to cradle it. And he touches it, and there's like there's a static electricity, and immediately the baby starts to move again, like it needed the human touch. An insectoid was watching this scenario and was really mm-hmm. anti him touching the baby. And as soon as the insectoid saw him do that, he was the insectoid was like, follow me. So they go into another room, which we've seen before in abductee stories, it's filled with babies. And they do look a little different. He's just going around touching babies. Exactly. He did. That's what he did. It's like a it's like a presidential campaign. <laughs> yeah, he's just kissing all of them on the forehead. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't say they all woke up immediately, but he said he touched them all and he created them. It's like baby whack-a-ball. He needed, yeah, yeah, he needed, uh, the babies need to touch. I mean, again, like him touching that first baby and not moving and suddenly moving smells like bullshit to me. Same time, I don't know what's happening. His story does have a lot of I've heard that before, though. Like, lots of women are, um, report being taken into this kind of hybrid program. And their main job after they've given so many eggs is to then go and actually cradle babies. That's right. That's all they do. Yeah, right. I've heard it. So I've never heard it from a male perspective, so that's really interesting. Totally. That's why I like the story. I haven't found someone like him with this much details about what happened. 
and he's, he has a million pictures, by the way, which I'll post, which are great. So here's the last part I want to bring up that was really compelling because I, you know me, I love to make connections that other people haven't made or, or maybe people have. And I just love finding them for myself is one is always like, is there a dragon, a bird or some sort of insignia, insignia on the suits of the aliens? This story doesn't have oh, yeah. that. But what it does have at one point, he is taken by the mantis being to a doorway of light. Just like the Betty Luca story I said a couple of podcasts ago, where she is basically brought to heaven. She's brought to this place where she doesn't want, she can't remember what happens when she goes by the door, but she just remembers not wanting to leave and it being like the source. So here's a quote I want to um, kind of end this story before I, I, I summar, summarize it up. This is what he says in an article. That night, the insect being takes me to his, this door. We are in front of this doorway and there's brilliant light. It was like it was pushing its way out of the doorway. It had form. The insect-like being said I had to go inside the room with the light, so I go inside and it was just incredible. The light was passing right through me. I was there for a few minutes. The next morning when I woke up, I had incredible energy and felt really energized for weeks afterward. That's all he says. Just like Betty Luca, he didn't give any details what was inside the door. I don't think he got pushed on it. But same thing, it's like he can't remember what happens after the door. Again, another connection to life after death and bigger questions in life than other than is there intelligent beings out there. So does he have Stockholm Syndrome? Uh, maybe. He sees the whole thing as a gift. He lists several examples of the alien saving his life uh, in different situations. Now, what I want to end with saving is a psychologist. It, yeah, like there's different examples, like he was drowning and the, he, he claims that the aliens helped him. There's several other examples where the snake almost bit him and something happened and he, he, he attributes it to the aliens somehow stepping in. Now, okay. could this all be bullshit? His story does have a couple things in there where you're like, okay, is this just like a male, a guy who didn't get laid till he was 17 and making up some wild sexual escapade based off childhood trauma? Maybe. I'm not a psychologist. Just because I said that and it sounds like it could be true, I don't even know if that really is true. But a psychologist in the documentary had an interesting take. He's like, listen, like, yes, this guy was really into sci-fi movies. They're all over his apartment. Uh, yes, he wrote the book. Uh, he read Bud Hopkins' book and immediately had recalled these incidents. It sounds like he's just making it up. He has, he's into sci-fi, he reads the book, but it's probably the opposite. And you see this, I don't have an example off the top of my head, but you see this all the time. Like he was into sci-fi because of all these experiences he had. And the book did really unlock these past experiences. So you could take anything and see it both ways. But as we've learned to people in these communities, one, they either try to, they, they, they either had a real experience and eventually fake something just to get that attention and that, that, that feeling back of it. Or two, it's just like that. They're really into sci-fi, and then suddenly they find out they're abducted by aliens, and it seems like, oh, you're just really into sci-fi and you want to have attention on yourself. But the reality is mm. they were into sci-fi because of it, and now I'm worried because I fucking love sci-fi, and I'm like, I'm really scared to get regressed uh -oh. and find out. No, you're not. No, if I'm the no, stud I of some alien, like, <laughs> some alien ship, I'm all in on that. <laughs> they kicked me out. I'm the first guy to get kicked off the ship. That's what happened to me. Love and light, I bitches. Like He's enjoying it too much. He has to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story of David Huggins. God, did I keep saying his name wrong? Yeah, David Huggins. Who, David uh, Huggin Kiss. Yeah, yeah. now it is creepy. It's not. It's not easy, Matt. It's not. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's dark. I, I, I wouldn't say it's light. I would say, I don't know. The guy banged the off-world alien and um, had a normal life. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not saying it's I good. Mean, I'm not saying it's good. It's a little rapey. Yeah. I mean, he got raped. I mean, I mean, as a 17-year-old, he got raped. So Right. It didn't sound like he had too much of a say in what was happening. And I'm just thinking if that if he if he was female 
and it was the other way around, that'd be super dark. It's like, true. Right. We it's like we take it there. super dark. It's yeah. it's already pretty dark in my book, but it's uh, we, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I do. I yeah. don't want to step on any toes here. Yeah. Well, look, uh, that actually your story lines up with a lot of stuff that I uh, found recently in going into. David Jacobs land. One oh, more time. Oh, here we go. Took Not a little ride. David Hug and Kiss. <laughs> Not David Hug and Kiss. Dr. David Jacobs. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, we went down the dark, the dark stairs a little bit here. Um, I wanted to see, last book I talked about was The Threat. And that was written back in 90, 98. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to see how this, uh, this you know, that was about men and women being abducted and having their sort of reproductive bits and pieces diddled with and in order to sort of create a hybrid race, that kind of thing. So I wanted to see, and there was obviously some sort of agenda behind it from the abducti- uh, abductors. And uh, I wanted to see where they were at. So I picked up uh, his latest book called I say latest. It was from 2015. It's called Walking Among Us. Ooh, uh, yeah, the I Alien Plan to Control Humanity. Uh, and it was super fun. It was a fun, fun ride. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he so said this is 2015. He hasn't done anything since this. Uh, maybe with all the, the dark shit he's sort of dug up over the years. He's just basically I think he's put his feet up and poured himself a tall glass of the brown stuff and just said, you know, fuck this noise. I'm out. Yeah. I'm Dunskies. Anyway, I wanted to see where we're at with our uh, insectoid overlords uh, taking over the joint. <laughs> and sure enough, we've sort of moved on past the um, the story of the whole hybrid program. Mm-hmm. And now this book is, is pretty well summed up by his opening statement. Um... And this is kind of what it's all about, this, this book. It says, During a hypnosis session in 2013, Bernard Davis, which is a pseudonym, told me an absurd story. He said he went to a Baltimore Orioles baseball game with a close friend of his named Eric. Yet Bernard knew nothing about Eric. He did not know his last name, where he came from, where he lived, what he did for work, how he, and didn't even know how he met him. However, he and Eric had been close friends for more than 17 years. Bernard showed me a 1995 photograph of Eric, an ordinary, ordinary looking man in his 30s, sitting with Bernard in a fishing boat while they were in Brazil together. 
So this basically, this whole book tells the story of how we've moved past this stage of hybrids uh, being created. Yeah. And we get more of the story now and we see that not only have the, you know, these abductees been taken <clears throat> and uh, use their DNA and their, uh, their uh, gooey bits to create alien hybrids Gooey but bits. um now yeah now they're um now they're being used to basically the 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 hubrids as he calls them the human hybrids um and he, he goes through different stages of this uh he talks about different stages of these hybrids going from very much like the the alien um the alien people and he said that yeah. there's the the hierarchy that he goes through the top species are these mantis-like insectoids. It's always mm. the same. Um, he says uh, some of them wear like cloaks and stuff, and uh, you, there's different hierarchies of these things. Yeah. The greys are always the seriously, workers. Seriously, I'm wearing a cape. Yeah, yeah. they do. Exactly. They always wear capes. Get it. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the and, and each one of these sort of. Uh, different positions and the different sort of variations of hybrid has a specific job as well that they they seem to he be, he's able to point out so in this book he he takes i think it's 14 different people um and sort of pieces together their testimony and and it's all they're all basically telling the same story of now that they've sort of given their dna over and they've been trained for stuff as well that they they mostly don't remember but there's something important that they're supposed to do when the time comes and we'll get into that in a little bit but now at the moment they're on this mission where they're paired with one of the hubrids uh and they're basically taught basically teaching these hubrids how to sort of uh integrate into human society so everything, like every little thing that you could possibly think of, they they teach these th uh, these people like how to how to set up your living room and and how does this how does the toilet work and and how does my day look and um, they're teaching them. So they're them creating these hybrids <clears throat> in space and then they're bringing them to Earth and then and then humans are kind of teaching them how to function. Yeah. So basically, it's this integration into human society of hmm. these they look very much human i said I, I think he says like there's still something a little off with the way they look but they're basically passed for for a normal human um but they uh like they all look they, like wes bentley from yellowstone you ever seen that guy that guy's a fucking yeah I know, yeah yeah I know that guy's a hybrid <laughs> yeah i'm onto that fuck <laughs> I'm watching you, Bentley. <laughs> Get out of our yeah. national parks. Okay. Um, but basically, what he what he paints is is a pretty like dark story. It, it sounds pretty innocent, like they're just teaching hybrids how to you know how to be human, basically all the different as, uh, facets of, of human life. But they're I wonder why they're doing they haven't it against invited will. any of us to like teach any hybrids. Anything. Yeah, I think there's probably you know? a reason why they haven't come to us. <laughs> They've probably heard the show, I imagine. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just <laughs> want to read this uh, this quick note that he makes at the start because he, he really does a great job of going through at the start and sort of breaks down 
the limitations that um, hypnosis has. He uses a lot of hypnosis in his sessions in trying to get the story out of these people. Um, but he really goes through his process, how he doesn't lead with questions. He just lets the, the abductee dictate uh, what, what they want to tell him. Um, he, he's, he's very open about like, you know, he knows this is kind of, it's all sounds pretty ridiculous, but when you hear it over and over again and it becomes, you know, you hear it so many times, you almost fall asleep. The amount of abduction stories he hears and it's the same thing over and over again. He's like, there's something, something's definitely going on. Um, and so there's a pretty good opening where he talks about the, uh, the sort of new age doctrine because he's obviously we've talked about him before he's very much of the opinion that this is dark it's darkness happening um and he brings up the sort of the the new agey kind of stuff that happens with abduction so he says though some researchers are sincere believers in abduction phenomena they tend to be new age supporters who are dedicated to the idea that aliens are here to bring us into a higher state of consciousness Aliens will do everything from spiritually enlightening us to teaching us how to heal each other or the earth to ending war to stopping uh, the despoiling of the environment, eliminating weapons of mass destruction and preparing to join a welcoming community of planets. So over the decades, how much of that has actually happened? Not much, if any. None of that's happened. We still have wars. We still have weapons of mass destruction. Mm. No one's enlightened. Everyone's a dickhead, you know? Uh, so I... Ooh. Whatever that point A lot is. of people have radically changed their lives after an abduction experience and definitely have had profound impacts on their consciousness. Yeah. You could also argue the opposite side. Where are these fucking alien hybrids and how have they not taken over the planet yet? So that goes both ways. Uh, well, it's a secret. It's a secret, uh, you know. I, I, he's talking is. about the planet as a whole, right? <laughs> of course it is. So there's, there's, you're saying like there are individuals who have like, I don't know, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps after they've had an abduction. But mm -hmm. as a whole, as a species, it's not going too well. Uh, you know, on, on the whole, it's not going great for us for the most part. We're, we're still is fucked. it though? Like that's a, that's like a different discussion. Like I, I know what you're it saying. Is. The reason I'm pouring cold water on it because one, I'm like this book's based off 14 people's he regressed. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. How many was the bigger pool? Like, are we really supposed to take everything you're saying based um, off 14 people? The planet's never been better. We might have a war in Russia and crazy shit going down with COVID, but if you look at the history, we're actually better off than we've ever been. So you could argue yeah. the opposite of what he's trying to say, yeah, David Jacobs and his fear mongering. Yeah, Why does he get together with Louis Elizondo and form a club where they play cards <laughs> and talk shit about humanity? I'm over this. Guy. I'm over these fucks and their fear. Well, I don't know. Yeah, like, but that's like only... How, but the thing with humanity... He, you guys, the thing sorry, with humanity her. is if... Only if we take all the things that we have accomplished so far and are able to evolve mentally. Like, I'm not sure if we're, we're possible... Like, everyone talks about that, but no one's... Like, there's not mass consciousness moving in that direction. It's still... People are attached to belief systems, and that's the problem. So, I mean, yeah. are we in a good state? I don't know. If people can't get past their own Fair bullshit, enough. then no. We're well, what, be stuck what he's in the saying is like, like of all that stuff that I listed, and I say like, how much of that stuff has happened? I mean, it's not like we're we're all holding hands and and uh, be a giving hand jobs and stuff around. Like it's good times. It's like this. There's still still uh, you know <laughs> weapons being created, and and there's there's no like. You know, there, there's, there's definitely a way 
if they really wanted to instill peace into us rather than picking up the odd person here and there and saying now you tell everyone else to be better you know there's like they, they surely they'd know better ways to do that anyway I'm getting off topic here get um, to the darkness we'll get to the darkness <laughs> it's pretty dark already so oh, we're not there yet oh no <laughs> you'll know you'll know when we get there so uh so we get through there's different people so actually these these 14 are out of like uh over over a thousand different cases he's uh he's uh, gone through these ones have just he's been with these guys the longest these these 14 yeah. and he's been um he gets a, a lot of good material out of them now whether that means mm-hmm. that they just kind of fit his agenda or whatever i'm open to that but um anyway so we we talked about Bernard at the start. Yes, yeah, so old Bernie uh, talking to mm-hmm. his mate Eric that he knew nothing about. And there's also a lady called uh, let's see, Paula. Paula is one of the abductees that he talks to. And it, it's interesting that we keep hearing about those insect-like hybrids, mantis beings. Yeah, the mantis mm-hmm. beings. And so they get to there's they're very sort of cagey. They they get some information. They're more about like. Well, you yeah. will ask you questions. You don't ask us questions kind of thing when they start talking to him. And it's very much a mental manipulation as well. Like they know that they're doing this, but they, they can't say no, they can't stop. And they bring up these different hybrids that come in in groups where they teach one person all about, you know, human society. But there's like oh, an enforcer yeah, that comes through and there's someone that monitors the situation as well. And the enforcers sound like uh, scary motherfuckers. But so there's the different stages. Uh, there's a, a, a passage here that talks about what they do in the different stages of, of this program. So this is part of the uh, pro- uh, regression, hypnotic regression that this person, Paula, goes through. And she's talking to one of these insect-like beings and she's asking uh, why they were doing this. And then you'll see how cagey they are about it. He says, well, all he said was they were going to come down and be with us. But he didn't say much more than that, just that they were going to come down and be with us. And he said they're getting a little bit of experience. And it really was so they could live with us. That was the very beginning, so they could be together with us in our world. Why? But they would be, they, they would be both of us, working for our betterment, they keep telling us. For all mm. our betterments. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't even like the best traits of both sides, you know. It was more the physical traits of us and the mental with them. And he said that he wanted us and other people to be comfortable with them, living with them. And to do that, they had to make them as close as possible to us physically. So they're talking about this, like, just physically they wanted to look like them so they would kind of, like, so we'd be okay with it, basically. Okay. Um, there's some there's some weird stories about like kind of amusing but sort of oddly you know sinister as well stories about how they teach these things how to be human basically there was a funny story where this lady called Betsy was awoken at like some ungodly hour of the morning with uh, four hybrids who came to her door there was two two females uh, and this enforcer and then another guy. 
Uh, so they're going all around her apartment, like, hey, what's this? What's this do? Uh, what's how, what do you do with that couch? You sit on it. And she's just like really basic stuff like that. They go to the kitchen and one of the ladies wants to know, like, what's this, you know, what's this tap, this faucet thing? What's going on with that? And she's like, well, you get water out of it. You turn that thing on and water comes out. Anyway, what she didn't tell the, uh, high, the hubrid was her uh, faucet was broken. So when this lady went to turn it on, she just got hosed down. I guess she got sprayed. And it was like this big problem all of a sudden. <laughs> like she felt like threatened for some reason. So she says, uh, she's pretty wet. She's asking me, what do you do when this happens? And I say, go get a towel and dry off. We walked down to the bathroom and I got her a towel out of the closet and I'm telling her and kind of showing her how you wipe yourself down to dry yourself. At least some of it. And she keeps holding her arms out like she's having trouble drying herself because she's holding her arms at these weird the? angles. It's almost like she's injured, but she's just wet. So it was a really weird situation where he's like, try, she's trying to teach her how to dry herself and her like arms are all over the shop and she can't like Wait, dry so herself properly. It's like this... <laughs> These odd situations that, that keep popping up in the in the most odd, you know weird sort of ways. She literally couldn't figure out how to dry herself. But what does that mean? Like, if this is a real hybrid living on a space station or a ship, they never get wet. They never have to move their arms in like a cohesive manner to like. Yeah, I guess what, what, what I try to suggest is if it's real, that means that's, it's like to so me it would be a, another consciousness I mean? in their body trying to learn how to use the body, not them as a hybrid born and raised, because that doesn't make yeah. sense. It's almost like being inside a yeah. robot body kind of thing, trying yes. to work out how, to, yes. how it works. Like, me, exactly. like, like men in black. Like, remember the guy died and then yeah. the alien took over the body mm -hmm. internally? I mean, I feel like I've met those people. I'm just like, yeah. I feel like, yeah. one, you know, maybe they worked at the last job I worked at, but I won't say any names. But I think, I think <laughs> like this lady 50%. who got wet was specifically, she was one of the hybrids that didn't look very human. Like, she was one of the earlier stage ones. Um, and they come down to kind of observe and help out and and like you like you said both of you um, There's a bunch of these hubrids now who are, are less human looking But they help out on the ship and they explain like they help out with uh, Helping the children and, and teaching them stuff and just like being there sort Ooh, of are they a lower stuff. class. The, yeah, that's interesting, right? It, they have like that's a very heavy caste system in mm -hmm. these ships and we've heard that over and over there is a very clear hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. But they, and they also so have these guys bloods. called the... It's like the, very like Nazi Germany shit. It's it like, is, yeah. It's kind of dark. Uh, and mm. this, is where, this is where it gets a little darker. They talk about these hubrids that come through. They're called the enforcers. Why do they have these enforcers? Well, let me tell you. So they talk, he, uh, David talks, has a little piece here about violence. So he says, violence also takes place among the, he, what he calls the PPH, the personal project hubrids um, mm. and security hubrids. They do not hesitate to use it on chronically disobedient abductees. They routinely instill headaches into those who describe their experience to researchers. They push women backwards to the floor and pick them up by their hair. They press their thumbs into abductees' cheeks, causing pain but leaving no mark. If an abductee is still uh, reluctant to help out, they may resort to vivid death threats, and they sometimes force abductees' heads into water until they think they are drowning. Insubordinate women uh, have had cuts made to their genital area. This causes little or no bleeding, uh, and with a few days the, the cuts quickly heal. 
And of course the abductees know not to go to hospital with any of these injuries if they have them. They're enforced not to do that. If, it, if abductees are still uncooperative, the hybrids cannot, uh, and the hybrids cannot correct them, even with physical punishment, they are ultimately sent to the insectoids or the greys who through stronger neural engagement try to persuade them to cooperate. To sort of wrap it up, um, we get into a bit more of where this is going. <coughs> and they're obviously they don't talk about that at all. And they're instructed not to talk about it. And there's even seems to be some sort of comp compartmentalization within the alien ranks where they only know so much as well, especially the ones who are interacting in human society. They have a job to play. It's this really clandestine plan. Like you were saying before, like where are all these hybrids? They, there's a reason why they're trying to look more human because they don't want you to know where they are. It's a, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a takeover. It's just a, they're trying to integrate themselves for whatever reason. And we'll get to that now. The reason is what, uh, is it, this term keeps popping up throughout uh, David Jacobs' research <clears throat> and it's called the change. So what is the change? Uh, he says, in 2003, when Eric told Bernard, the guy we talked about at the start, um, about the change and that abductees would have special duties when it happened, I had not learned enough to understand fully what he was saying. So basically, there, this change is, is supposed to happen at some point. And uh, the more David Jacobs talks to these people, the more he's trying to find out more about this change, but it's really, there's so little that um, these abductees know about it, that they're told, but there's, they know that there's some part of their brain that cannot be accessed, that they've been trained in different ways to be part of this change. And we sort of talked about that in, in the threat, David Jacobs' earlier book, where I think he was talking about how the abductees were trained, were being trained to corral the other humans into different areas when this change hit, whatever the change was. Remember that they were and they were being instructed to yeah. uh, convince the other humans that everything's Chaos fine, managers. everything's going to be okay. Just go Trauma over here. Um, so that's creepy. Yeah. So the different things that come up about the change, uh, and this is kind of where I'll finish up. But he says. Uh, everyone would be together. Their activities and communications strongly suggest that they were engaged in a carefully conceived program that was directed towards integrating hybrids into human society. For the last decade, abductees have told me that although common abduction procedures still take place, implementing the change has now become almost full-time occupation for many of them. Even abductees I have known for many years have reported this difference suggesting that the change is either in effect right now or has expanded greatly over the years. Hmm. Um, change. So they said uh, part, of, part of the deal of what these guys talk about is they all have to give allegiance to the what he calls the insectolins, the, the mantis beings. They have to give their allegiance to them. Um, they do not talk about, and this is the uh, Hubert, sorry, they do not talk about healing the earth or healing or enlightening humans or joining together with humans and cosmic community or anything else that might help humans. They talk about sending aliens to earth to live here undetected and eventually yeah. to supplant humans. 
That doesn't sound great. Um, abductees and hybrids sometimes have conversations about the change. And this is the, the, the final passage that I'll leave you with, uh, where Bernard tries to get more information about the change from his friend, Eric. He says, I asked him a hundred different ways when this change would take place and what the change is. At one point, it's always soon. I asked him, when you say soon, what do you mean? Like 70,000 years, 80,000 years? Because um, apparently the aliens have a different way of sort of counting years or something like that. Mm. Um, and he said, uh, he said, what we were trying to learn, basically what we we're trying to research happened a long time ago. Um, he says, uh, uh, so Bernard says to him, friends don't tell lies to friends. Is this a story you're telling me so you can make me feel enlightened? And Eric says, there are things I cannot tell you, but I would never tell you things that were not fact. And friends do not do that. So I could not do that because we are to be friends. I tell him, oh. I said, from my perspective, the most horrible experiences in human hist the history of humanity have come from the concentration of power at the hands of, a of the few. Obviously, that's happened a lot. Uh, I've perceived you have more power than anyone else in the history yeah. of Earth. Uh, you know, these, these hybrid alien species. The concentration of that power in your hands is frightening because our future rests in your benevolence and good judgment. There had been people on Earth before... Um, that people had looked upon as their savior and they had done some horrendous things. That seems to shock, shock him. Um, he says, I would never do terrible things. I also tell him that secrecy and stealth are red flags to humans. There is a feeling that if these things were good things you were doing, you would be proud to say what they are and you would be proud to tell everyone openly. Always the theme. Does this in impact our friendship? No, so he's like constantly worried about, you know, these questions and um, Bernard not wanting to be his friend anymore, uh, which is odd. So he says, uh, there's sometimes people cannot, dis uh, some things that we cannot discuss openly. The fact that you're a candid with this and telling me these things makes me think you were trying to be a good friend. I'm accepting that you will not do bad things. I have no ability to stop you if you wanted to anyway. But as a friend, I'm also being honest with you, telling you that you frighten me. Oh, wow. You have the ability to control me, and I don't know what you're doing. Mm. So, you know, no, not a great really situation, creepy. according to, to Doc, old Doc Jacobs. The Mantis overlords uh, will soon be here, and I, for mm. one, welcome their presence. I, oh, uh, I could be used you. to help to help corral other humans uh, into their salt mines. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing some old Simpsons quote there. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So, wait, are the mantis beings the reptilians, then? Has everyone been saying reptilian this whole time? But really, we should have been saying mantis beings yeah, or insectoids? No, it's the same phenomenon. We're back to, like, a different species. It's like, there's so many with different agendas, he has, uh, you know? He has a table of what he's sort of able to work out of, of oh, the different... Oh, right. The reptilians, the tall whites, and the tall greys yeah. are all below the insectoids. Yeah. The and then below them is the, all the greys. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the insectoids right. are the, the, the top ones, and there's these reptilian hybrids that they, he believes may actually be another group that was created by these species. Hmm. Um, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I've heard and something like that. And then there's various like stages of hybrid. Yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. I mean, that lines up with what uh, Wilt Chamberlain, I mean, David Huggins was talking about. <laughs> except I toys are control. Yeah. And there was tall things, and then there was the little grays. The little grays are the bitches, dude. Like, you, you give them no respect if you ever see one. Right. Like, yeah, don't even worry that's about exactly it. what Jacobs <laughs> talks about. They're the little Bullion. worker bees. And then he talks about, like, when humans come on board the ship, uh, he said, inevitably, humans, when getting scared or frightened or whatever's happening to them, there's all these horrible procedures happening during the during their stay up there. He's like, they sometimes, like, piss and shit themselves and vomit all over the floor. And it's the Gray's job to go and clean it all up, apparently. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. Someone's yeah. going to do it. The lame Gray's. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no respect. No respect for any of that craziness. Anything trying to hurt, uh, you know... Our species. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Well, look, you know, b- before this this document dump um, this past week, you know, uh, all of this was just some crazy podcast talking about crazy things that people say. But now they're literally posting it. Now, Josh might be right. Maybe it's government propaganda. But uh, what, you know, they're trying to create more fear. But this has literally been a story that nobody's been taken seriously since the 1950s, 40s, mm-hmm. right? So it's, true. it's not like yeah. it just came into our consciousness because the government's using it as some kind of fear and saying that women are being pregnant by aliens. This has been something that's been going on for a while. So either the, uh, the, our government is playing this 100-year war on our consciousness or... Um, this is something that's been really happening and they're finally coming, they're admitting it and because they don't know what to do with it. So I don't really know. I'm just the, I'm the middle person in this. You guys can fight out the love and light and darkness over there. However, <laughs> I'm just asking have a good night. I don't know what to believe. That's probably the way they want it. <laughs> have a good night. Watch your uterus. Yeah, protect your uterus, people. At all times. <laughs> and Hold on tight. Goodbye. Goodbye.